0: Hey guys, welcome back to the debate. We've got a lot of information, as we usually do for this debate uh, this time around. Two notable debates that I've chosen here out of the flood of emails that we get, and I'll tell you the yeah, reasons. Both of these have caught my eye here. because <laughs> All right, I've just got to jump in and tell you. First is Jonathan. Okay. He's from New Hampshire, and he's writing. A couple things caught my eye here. He's in rural New Hampshire, mm-hmm. and he drives, I think, the most mileage that we've ever had anybody drive on the show. Between forty and 50,000 miles a year, that caught my eye. And the fact that he's a car guy through and through, his grandfather, his dad, I mean. Huge car
1: history, and he's debating, uh, do I
0: get a fourth
1: car? Yeah, that's the
0: second thing. I don't think we've ever debated fourth cars. I mean, we've talked about potential third, and that's like. Okay, all your needs yeah. are taken care of. Should I get a third track car? But fourth, <laughs> should I have fourth a fourth who, car? Who does this? Yeah,
1: that, I look forward to discussing that absurdity. <laughs> that's that's going to be interesting for sure. Yeah.
0: Oh man, and then I I chose the second one because this is Don in Wyoming, and I I chose it because I really wanted to tell my Wyoming joke. So, Wy- oh. Wyoming Wyoming it. All right, the people in Wyoming, whatever you call them, what do they use <laughs> for a windsock? Uh huh. What do, you, what do you think they use for a wind? I've heard
1: song? this. I've heard this. Keep going.
0: <laughs> okay, so if you have it, it is a length of chain on a pole, and if the chain uh-huh. is standing straight out, it's windy.
1: Yeah. yeah. I, I heard I heard another one recently. There's there's a, there's a actually a huge <laughs> truck stop not that far from my house, and I go in there for the, like the last minute. Oh, I need a bag of ice kind of stuff. I go over there for that. Yeah. And I walked in there one night when it was really cold in Park City. I didn't even tell you this. I walked in there one night it was really cold in Park City, and there was one of those old, grizzled truckers in there just telling jokes and being just kind of that guy to the guys behind yeah. the, the register, right? <laughs> Uh-oh. And he was like, well, you know, in Wyoming it only snows once a year. Then the wind just blows it around the rest of the time. You think it's still snowing. <laughs>
0: That's funny. Like, all right, that's all right. funny and true. Get, that's the problem. Get, get
1: back in your truck. Keep going, sir. Anyway, so, oh my yeah, gosh. I hear you.
0: All right, Don. So we we're 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 picking on you a little bit, but I love that you wrote in because Don is looking for an adult car, four doors, comfortable, nice, yep. but he wants juvenile delinquency under the hood. Clearly, he mm-hmm. wants a punk mm-hmm. inside, lurking inside the car. He's had the yeah, AMG Mercedes. Really I I. I have the car I think he should get.
1: Interesting. Okay. Well, no.
0: how should I say this? I have the car that I really want him to to get, and then the car that I know he should get.
1: Interesting. I kind of have a list like that, too. I've actually got quite a few to cover for him. I look forward to talking about yeah, that. Yeah, this is you know, fun. One thing we really should talk about, because it's happening right now, is the Detroit Auto Show. Now, we're not there. We're doing the same thing you guys are doing. We're online looking at the commentary. And looking at some of these reveals, and there's a few of these I want to talk about. And of course, the problem with an auto show—we talked about this the other day. With the, the the last time with the the Faraday Future thing, you have that weird thing where yes, there's cars that will be on the road, but you also have cars that that car like that will never be on the uh, road. Yeah, yeah. You know, so we have all of that kind of stuff. But I'm curious, what stuff has struck you? I want to talk about a few, but. Uh, but, what, I mean, I know you're looking at the same thing I'm looking at, and, of course, all of you listening are looking at the same stuff. So what from the Detroit Auto Show is striking you?
0: Well, to start with, I want to talk about the, the manufacturers that aren't there. There's actually quite a list of manufacturers that decided to not come, and I'm, and there, there's two parts to this. First of all, it's the absentees, and then the second part is for being the North American show. It's not the Detroit show, really, even though everybody calls it that. It's yeah, the yeah. North American show. I feel like the L.A. show is a lot larger Honestly, with in terms of attendees, I mean the manufacturers in yeah. attendance showing their products, and now I'm thinking, well, are the cars there just boring? With a few notable exceptions, like, I, I mean, we'll we'll get there. I mean, there's to, to the fun there's stuff, always
1: but. some there's always some big reveals. I mean, Lexus and Infiniti like to do stuff because. They, you know, those are kind of American invented brands or, or brands invented for America. So they always do stuff. Well, sure, the, the big sure. three always try to have a throwdown of some kind. It depends on who. Even though I noticed Dodge's big thing this year was like, "Hey, we're going to continue purple paint and you can get new stripes." And I was like, "Really? Is that an, <laughs> is that an auto show worthy reveal?" Your marketing really,
0: people run the show. Let the anyway, but. Do uh, it.
1: So I, I, and they've got cool cars, but it's just like that's your big thing at the Detroit Auto Show is
0: look new paints, I, new new stripes, I, new uh, stripes. Anyway. Hey, have you seen our stripes? Yeah. But, All right, uh, but
1: no, I'm, there's there's a few interesting ones. I was struck this morning by reading about the Ford Fusion, which okay. I never thought I'd say. Wow, the Ford Fusion, but. I never thought I mean, I'd heard that
0: either. Wow.
1: Yeah, exactly. But here's the thing. I mean, We know we know, and we've discussed how well Ford is doing in the enthusiast world right now anyway. You know, they've got kind of something for everybody, sure, and they're all sure. enthusiast-based. Here comes the Fusion, which has never been a car like, hey, enthusiasts, go buy a Ford Fusion. However, they're talking about the V6 turbo all-wheel drive version, 325 horsepower, 350 pound-feet of torque, all-wheel drive Fusion. I'm sitting here yeah. going, <laughs> okay, uh, okay. There's some interesting stuff to put that against now. You know, it's not going to be, you know, it's not. I'm not going to expect it to be a BMW beater, but at the same time, it's a competitor.
0: You know, yeah, you, and it's a competitor. That, those in those price. kind of specs, you know that
1: absolutely. That car is going kind to of throw specs, down on price. That's and if and here's the thing: if that were the kind of thing that was being thrown down by, and not to pick on them, but just from frame of reference, by Kia or Hyundai, you'd be like, huh. Interesting. But because Ford is doing so much good enthusiast stuff right now, I look at that variation and I go, OK, that car might be great. Unknown, but it might be great.
0: Yeah. And uh, another aside is um, this is only day one. We have not seen mm-hmm. updates on the Focus RS. Waiting with bated breath to see actually when the dates and when solid information is mm-hmm. going to come through with that. So I'm sure that'll come through. But yeah, they're they're yeah. just crushing it in the enthusiast. I mean, even their trucks are looking great. I I feel like Ford is just really buttoned down. They've really got. They're their in the stuff groove together. right now.
1: They really are. They really um, are. And for and for people that like driving, they really are doing a great job of that as well. I already kind of mentioned Kia. I have to call out even, of course, it's just a, uh, a you know a style adventure right now. But the Kia Telluride hmm. is great looking. It's it's it's, it's <laughs> yeah, Kia.
0: It is. <laughs> it's
1: Kia. It's Kia makes a Grand Cherokee. I mean, honestly, it's like That's the Kia true. Grand That's Cherokee. That's funny. And it's I have to say, it's great looking. I think it'd be really cool if they'd build it. Of course, this is a concept thing. It's nowhere near reality. But it was just, on looks alone, it was like, wow, that's kind of awesome, actually.
0: It is cool. I I like that, too. I've got uh, some favorite production car reveals, and I want to ask you yours, and then also some show car stuff that's kind of interesting as well. But uh, my favorite reveals, of course, I am uh, the M2. The new BMW M2, I mean, that is – I keep talking about it, but look (laughs) at this thing. It looks like it's been doing one-arm push-ups while it's chugging hydroxycut and, you know, walking (laughs) around on the beach and, like, ready for action. I don't know what it's ready for, but it's ready for track. And I am just – and now they've announced it, and it's official, and it's – the configurator isn't quite online yet, I don't think, but I am waiting for that. You just – I know what you're
1: doing. You're just you're just refreshing your browser to see when it comes on. <laughs> yeah. That's all you've been doing like, since, the, refresh, since the reveal today. Refresh. It's right just just buy that car already. Come Gosh. on, man. I anyway, I, yeah. I I hear you. I, I hope it's very year. cool. I really do. I, I, I wished I wished that it had been in LA, but of course here it is Detroit and of course I really like that blue color. I like blue cars anyway. I really like that blue color. Yeah. yeah. And uh, interesting. I want to talk about that a little bit later. We've got a new section we're doing. Uh, we, we mentioned on our Facebook page, going forward, before every podcast, we're going to put out uh, on our Facebook page, hey, do you have any questions for us? This is separate than car debates, folks. This is just a real quick, yep. hey, guys, yep. what about this kind of question? So we are taking Q&As, and one guy asked some specifics about the M2. I want to get back to that later. But, uh, but yeah, that is an interesting car. I uh, Yeah, and here it is in production, guys. Speaking of production, guys, that Lexus LC500
0: mm-hmm. mm-hmm. is
1: apparently production now. That's a great-looking
0: car. Uh, I thought that was a show car. I didn't realize that was production. Well,
1: I mean, they're saying, here's the thing. It's been a show car for so long, and if you start looking at, like, details on it now, I see if I can look it up here and see some actual photos. But I really got the impression my that understanding was a show is, car, though. My understanding is it's that it's like the last gasp of show car before it winds up somewhere near you. You know what I mean? It's, it's oh, like, sure. It, it's it's the opposite of some of the typical show cars. Like Telluride is the beginning of show cardom. This is much more right. a, okay, we really are going to make this, and it's going to be awfully close to this. And I have to say, it's a great looking car. I do think it looks bent it. from the side. That's, that, that's Yeah, I can
0: see that. that. That lower rocker makes it look, uh, it actually looks bent, like it got high centered on something. But exactly. If, if it looks look like they this. had the
1: perfect design, and somebody bent it and went, "Oops!" Well, we got to go out anyway, which is too bad because
0: I man, we you know, high centered it on the I truck have, backing it out. Oh well. Here you seriously, go. Seriously,
1: as much as I have derided the uh, the that front grill, I just think it's all working. It's, on this It's it's
0: working on this, but you know what? It looks like Lexus did a BMW 6 Series Coupe. That's kind huh? of what it looks like. They they put their influence and their style on it but i think it works far better to be honest well and that's but it looks that's, that's that what size to me
1: to that's what eye. they're competing against i mean that's mm-hmm. their direct competition but yeah. i mean the other thing that's always the big the big telltale giveaway and i want to compare and contrast to the big telltale giveaway of concept cars versus possible reality is look at the interiors and i want to, i want to juxtapose this lexus and the pictures of it now guess what it looks like a real interior with real seatbelt connections and it looks like the gauge clusters and that kind of thing they're using across their range everywhere. It looks real. Mm-hmm. Compare that mm-hmm. to the Buick Avista that they released today. Also Glad a cool you looking car. That. Glad but you that mentioned that. But that interior looks like nothing resembling reality. And that's when that's the big tale, telltale giveaway to go. Oh, okay, all right. You're still playing. It's a cool looking car, but they're still playing.
0: Yes, but I think it's closer to reality than the Lexus is to be honest. And here's why. It's built on the new Camaro chassis. It's actually got a real engine in it. And despite whatever the interior turns out to be, that sheet metal looks pretty close to production to my eye. It's got rearview mirrors, it's got standard stuff, it's got. It, the cut lines where they should be for you know front and rear clips. It's got all those little details that think, okay, yeah. this would have to come apart in an accident and get fixed. And, okay, the door glass mm-hmm. has to drop. And, okay, rear view mirrors. Those little things, that looks pretty real to my eye. And I think right. it looks every right. bit or better than that Lexus. I'm I'm throwing down. Well, but I mean, that thing I, is gorgeous. I, two thoughts on it. I do think it's real, great looking. And you're right. The
1: other way to tell, the other way to tell how close is this to reality is, does it have side mirrors, door handles, and cut lines? You're right. right. Those are the things that, because when when it's a full concept car, there are no side mirrors. <laughs> right. You couldn't take any body panels off. Right. And They're you're looking at the door going, now there's, side there's no way into that car, which is always a real problem. You're right. The Buick does have a lot of that stuff. The thing about the Buick, I do think it's beautiful. However, you know how, and, and you being a designer, you've, you've even told me this stuff, and you know this. You go into a car designer's space and it's, well, I took inspiration from leaves and trees or I took inspiration (laughs) from flightless birds. This Buick, honestly, (laughs) it looks like they hung up all of their competitors, the actual cars of their competitors and just took from their competitors because this front end. Possibly, possibly. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I do think it's beautiful, but this front end looks like a Tesla product. The back looks like the Genesis Coupe. Okay. And the side is pick your pick your poison. Is it Aston Martin or is it Bentley? Don't get me wrong. Beautiful yeah. from every angle. But it looks like everybody else is beautiful from other angles' cars.
0: Yeah, I, I can see that. I mean, the problem is designers are influenced by everything they're seeing and what everybody else is doing. And they're of course. So closely yeah. watching everybody else, it's mm-hmm. hard not to draw some of those same shapes and start mm-hmm. letting that creep in. It's, it's difficult to – To just put yourself in a, you know, just a uh, blank room, clear your mind, and just start. And that's why designers go back to things in nature to try to pull out fresh designs and fresh shapes. And that's Uh why I think, uh, bashing Faraday Future again, that's why they had such a great opportunity. (laughs) Because when you start fresh, you're not influenced by anything. You don't have to be because there's no package. You can start with anything. And they made a 200-mile-an-hour, 1 million-horsepower Whatever, I don't care. Anyway, um, I do this have a bone cool. to pick, here, I have to though. say. It does. I've okay. got a bone to pick with Porsche, and we've talked about this before. I couldn't let this slide. The 27 Porsche 911 Turbo and Turbo S, now respectively with 540 and 580 horsepower. And yeah. now, to your point that you've mentioned a lot, the Turbo S Cabriolet is $200,000 before options. Okay, so and you know
1: you'll option it out and they'll be 25 to 30 grand before you even tried hard.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's not the biggest problem here. It's now mm-hmm. that both these cars have the normal 911 turbo script like all the new turboed 911 turbos. so how do you how do you tell a 911 turbo apart from a 911 turbo? Yeah, I mean, you're you're, you you're bragging what, right.
1: You used to have. I mean, look, yeah, I, I know there are people that does buy 911 turbos, 911 turbos to be the, the fastest thing on the planet, and their drivers. I know those people are out there. I also know the person that's buying the 911 Turbo Cabriolet Turbo S. Is, is excited about the fact they have a convertible 911 and it says Turbo S on the back. And everybody goes, whoa, that's the big one. And it's convertible. You spent a lot of money. You're right. Now it's turbo like everything else is turbo. And you still spent, by this point, nearly a quarter million dollars on it. And I'm sorry. At a quarter million dollars, I'm buying something else.
0: <laughs> I just I, am. I hear you. I hear you. I mean, I've, I've got the solve here, though. And that is, okay. going back to what Mercedes and BMW do, use the numbers, because the 911 Turbo is a 3.8-liter engine. The new, new Turbo, it's a 3-liter. You could differentiate yourselves, because mm, now you're turbo across the board. Go back to the number nomenclature. But Germans, because they don't like—we uh, saw it plenty of times on the Autobahn—they don't like the, uh, the attention— that a badged mm. car gets, they're mm. gonna debadge their car anyway because True. you know, as Thomas says, they're one hell of a baller ride, and they're gonna want to be anonymous at you know, yeah. 300 kilometers an hour.
1: But <laughs> I mean, you're how not about, anonymous at 300 kilometers an hour. No, exactly. You're a bullet, and everyone pays attention. Exactly, if doing they it, know right. what it yeah, is anyway.
0: It's like, oh, I know yeah. that's an S because I see your yellow calipers, and I, I know it's an S. I know how much you paid, despite your mm-hmm. debadging. But how about 911 more or 911 less or yeah. small, medium, and large? <laughs> Or like the nine Starbucks 11.
1: nomenclature. I bought the nine eleven, the 2017 twenty seventeen nine eleven more. Yeah, there you go. That's, I mean, that's very funny.
0: We know Starbucks, like all the coffee drinking sheep, like myself, are already programmed to say tall grande and venti. Yeah. Which Porsche did you get? Frightening,
1: <sighs> frightening.
0: They've created yeah, their I own problems.
1: They I, have created a problem. I mean, granted, and, and and here's the thing, so far they've gotten away with it though if you look at the Macan. <laughs> yeah. It's the S and the turbo, but folks, they're both turbo. They're both turbocharged. So, yeah. I, I guess maybe maybe right it is this maybe it is the Starbucks uh, coffee language thing. Maybe we've been <laughs> trained enough in Porsches that we don't
0: care. But I agree with you. I'll it, take it a Targa medium me, with two-wheel drive, please. How long do I have can to wait super, for that?
1: Can you supersize my turbo? <laughs> there we go. Let's, let's tie McDonald's to Porsche just for the irony. Oh can gosh. we do that, please?
0: Oh, my anyway. gosh. I think we already have. All right. Well, I, I would also like to take this moment to bash the 2017 Lincoln Continental because the only notable detail on this car is where the door handles are. If you haven't seen this yet, look at mm. where the door handles are. They are now integrated as part of the lower trim along the yeah, shoulder the, of the car. Is the window the, trim. Yeah, on the shoulder of the car, therefore Mm -hmm. leaving even more blank, ugly blankness (laughs) on the tall body (laughs) side of the car. How do you feel? Just let it out.
1: Let it out, Paul. Tell us all. How do you feel? When they
0: were bashing the show car like, oh, it's a Bentley ripoff, I was okay with that because, I mean, Bentley's not a bad style to rip off. But now the production model is just even more blank slab blankness of blank. And it's blank. It's so ugly and terrible and the rear lights are well it's terrible. It's gotten it's gotten blander, that's the thing. Oh, it's they're gotten terrible. blander and I just I the nineties yeah, Ford sure. Taurus looked better. It was circles wow. and crazy everything. Wow. But at least you knew what it was. The you one that was this, designed
1: after a house slipper? Because you know yes. there was that generation of tourists yes. they actually designed after house slippers, and I thought that really is the word. I mean, my my flightless birds <laughs> comment earlier is a better idea. The new Buick I'd much Kiwi. rather this was this was designed after the Kiwi or the Penguin than the house <laughs> slipper. I mean, there's just no way to make that. that, that how does no. that? Some. I'm sorry, but some marketing person quit after they heard that. They were like, I'm sorry, I'm out. I can't do anything yeah. with the fact you designed a car out of a house slipper. I've got nothing. I'm gone.
0: Let's hope. But it's more distinctive. You recognize, it like, oh, that's the Taurus. I hate it, but I know it's a Taurus. This looks like yeah. one of the Chinese upstart car companies that flood the internet with pictures of their ripoff of a, you know, melted down whatever and... It's terrible. I don't know that it's a Lincoln. Wow. Nothing distinctive about that car. The headlights, well, the grill, the corporate look, no nothing. BMW has the kidney grills. You know nothing what? Nothing is signature about this car.
1: Now that you bring it up though, conversely, what about the Volvo S ninety? Brilliant. Because it's in the same space and yet it, it has presence loads of and style. and it looks It looks a lot like it's competition, but yet still looks unique, which I think is really, that's such a hard thing to hit. And I feel like what they did right on the XC90 is already showing itself off on that S90 as well. And I I keep looking at this thing going, it's kind of a 7 Series, it's kind of an S Class, and yet that's okay. Yeah. And it still looks like a Volvo. And then there's a part of me also in the back of my mind going, wait a minute, wait, wait, that's a Volvo? It looks great, I have it to say. It looks
0: great. They're knocking it out of the park. I just read they yeah, sold a half a million well. cars in 2015. They're doing great. I'm thrilled yeah. to see that. And then there's Lincoln. Nothing to see here. Still nothing and to see here. then there's Lincoln. Oh, it's terrible to Ugh. say. Oh, my gosh. It's It's
1: too bad, honestly, but... I'll be very curious to see how it how it unfolds. I mean that that S ninety. I would like to drive that car. And that, that seems like such an interesting competitor in that oh, yeah. space. And because oh, yeah. I mean, as you and I said, we crawled around on the XC ninety a year or so ago, and we were just boggled by how good that car is. Oh Just yeah. to This'll just be to be in, let alone drive it. If this S ninety is halfway decent, oh, what a throwdown! You yeah. know what I mean? I mean, it's what a cool, what a very cool deal. Yep.
0: Yep. All right, enough bashing, but uh, yeah, we've got more probably coming, more news. We're waiting for a few more cars to come out from the Detroit information, but uh, yes, yeah, a, a few companies that aren't there: Jaguar, Land Rover, Mini, Tesla, the fourth American car company. But still, <laughs> um, you know, some good stuff coming out of there. Um, yeah, but uh, but some boring stuff too. So, so.
1: <laughs> so maybe we should actually do some car debates now that we're twenty minutes in. How I that?
0: suppose we could. All right, Jonathan, yeah, why don't we? <laughs> Jonathan's the guy I was telling you about that drives up to fifty thousand miles a year, unbelievable. Did you see he he did yeah. he did what you tend to do? He kind of wrote a novel here. He, he, yes, he did. Like, yes, it almost unloaded. came to volumes. It was Great. It's okay. It's all right, Jonathan. We appreciate. <laughs> but lots it. We, of information. We went,
1: into the, went into the history of his grandfather's you know racing racing old cars and yeah. driving really heavy duty cars up into their eighties, and I, I applaud that you know buying Dodge Chargers and Z twenty eights and you know his grandfather's into cars. His dad was into muscle cars until he got into nine elevens. Of course, as soon as you get into nine elevens, then that's a black hole. And then, of course, he was into True. he was into Japanese cars. So now he has all of these three influences. He's gone through the kind of doldrums of boring car years, and now somehow, where do, how did this man wind up with three cars already? He's uh, got he's got a, a third gen Supra that he says is like what is this? It's it, oh here it is. It's, it's a drag detuned car. It's detuned to 500 horsepower. His drag car super is—I love that—detuned to 500 horsepower.
0: <laughs> he's got to pull okay. the chute to brake and then still coast through the intersection.
1: <laughs> oh man! So anyway, this is so awesome. he had a—he uh, had a—he uh, had a really nice '94 MR2 for a while that he sold to buy back one of his dad's old '911s, an old 1977 that his dad restored. So that's cool. So he's got the yep. classic '911 in the garage. He's got the crazy Supra in the garage. And then what was the thing? He's got what's his third car? The thing his wife drives. Where is that? I miss uh, it somewhere.
0: I think it's, it's a Camry is. Just That's right. They have they have the car. yeah they have yeah. The, they have the
1: loaded up Camry that is the family car. So they've got those, and he's going. All right, fourth guys,
0: car. What? <laughs> <laughs> fourth car. Try, I was trying
1: to be serious about it. and you blown that, <laughs> no, he he's asking about fourth car, which is not look, this is not a common problem. Here on every Day Driver. However,
0: <laughs> no. however,
1: I will say this, though. I will say this, though. Even though we're talking about fourth cars for Jonathan, we aren't talking about an unlimited budget. I do think that is the interesting part of this because he has this here's, – here's ultimately the debate. I mean, the crux of it, in spite of all of this history, is he's got this Supra, this 500-plus horsepower drag-prepped Supra yeah, yeah. that he could keep – and buy a fourth car that is his. Hey, it's a gorgeous day outside. Let's take a fun road. Or hey, let me go to the track. It, that's the car he's looking to fill that slot. Because well, obviously right. the Camry doesn't do it. He's leaving the 911 in the garage to appreciate, which is kind of sad. And yet I see your point. So what do you do with the Supra? So his question is: keep the Supra, buy a ten thousand dollar fun car, or sell the Supra and buy a roughly twenty twenty five thousand dollars. $25,000 Sure. Fun
0: well, car. here's the dilemma. With, that's the with, real th- situation. He, he's written in. To uh, to tell us the pros and cons of selling the Supra, and I get this, but I, I want to tell everybody who's listening. I want to read what uh, what he's got here, and that is yeah. the cons of selling. I mean, it's a cool car because he gets compliments on it whenever he drives it. It's a cool car. Mm-hmm. He's got a lot of money invested in this bill. It looks like eighteen grand,
1: much more than the car's worth, much much more. And that's he'll never get that money out of it, which is too bad.
0: That's the thing. So he's wondering if he'll miss it. Maybe, maybe timeless 80s design but then he's worried about finding the right buyer because this is an uncommon car and it's It'll be it's, hard. it's not going to be a fast sale it's got to go to the no, right buyer it, and he, you know he's yeah. going to want to to yep. feel like that car is going to a good home
1: mm-hmm.
0: so keeping it though on the other hand maintenance he said is between mm-hmm. 1000 and 3000 a year just for tuning and wear and tear. It's a high-performance machine. And he barely drives it, too. I mean, that's three three grand
1: a year for a car you barely drive is a lot of money to keep a car running.
0: Right. So therefore, since he's not driving it, he's talking storage. He's got a two-car garage and lots of friends, but if he got a fourth (laughs) car, then you're putting more money towards storing it somewhere or it's outside or it's under car cover and not cared for. So I think... Jonathan, I think you're you're all out of excuses here. I think your your questions are being answered because even though you've had it for a while, you've had a lot of different cars and yes, you've put a lot into that. However, my feeling here is that if you sell this car, you'll get some money out of it if, if you can. I mean I'd say mm-hmm. put mm-hmm. it out there, but find since it's a niche uh niche car, find those um you know, hot rodders and, you know, the Japanese enthusiasts and try to find those specific you know what? forums. I'll, I'll give there. you one specifically put right on, now, Jonathan.
1: You know, you need to put aligned. it. You need to put it on. Bring a trailer. Oh because yeah, Because yeah, That is the ultimate niche car selling site. It's, it's a great it's idea. It's a combination of you know enthusiasts looking for cars. Plus, it kind of operates like eBay. I mean, you put it in, you can put reserves. If I understand this correctly, you can put in reserves, but then it becomes a bid situation, and you can start climbing, climbing, climbing. You will find, it'll be, and it's also nationwide. I mean, people are on Bring a Trailer looking for niche cars. So that allows you to find an enthusiast audience and get a be- the best price you can out of it. I think that's where this car goes. I think it's even an international. I agree with you. I, I've seen people yeah, in Germany advertise on You're there, right. and, and people right. will ship them yeah. over
0: because it's a hard-to-find whatever. That's a great yeah. idea. It's a Bring a Trailer yeah. car. And don't think Bring a Trailer means, if you haven't checked out this website, it's not just the broken-down old barn finds. It's... No, beautiful, no, no, no. top quality, restored, incredible stuff. Sold, incredible like stuff. Yeah, but yeah. it's it, the uniqueness of each car mm-hmm. is what it is. It's not just another, you know, Honda Odyssey or whatever. It's it's unique. No, it's builds. it's very
1: it's very unique stuff. I, mean, I know a, a guy that, that idea. I knew a guy that sold an old uh, an old Scout and got he got twice what he thought he was going to get for it putting it on Auto Trader because he put it on Bring a Trailer because he had a cool Scout. It wasn't pristine, but it ran and it was great looking. And he put money into it to keep it both, you know, great looking and running. And he got great money for it, I mean, comparatively. Mm-hmm. So I think that is the place to put it. The thing I think is the most interesting part of this discussion, though, from Jonathan, one of the points he says in the cons to keeping this Supra is he says, I don't intend on dragging it any longer, so the build is kind of useless unless I'm passing another car or street racing, which I don't really like to do. Right. That's an interesting point, and he also made the comment that when he got this MR2 that he eventually sold for the 911, if you're following the story, he started taking some track lessons and learned how to road race, so that's actually the thing that turned him away from drag, so to speak. So I think the sheer fact that what this car is for and who this car is for is not who you are as a driver anymore, there's nothing wrong with right. that. You just, no, as a driver, no. you've changed. So since you as a driver have changed to this car isn't actually the kind of driving you do anymore, I think that is the key thing that says, okay, Supra's cool. You need to sell the Supra.
0: I'm in agreement. And he's saying here he doesn't really want the Miata, the Fiesta, the WRX, the FRS. Because so many people at the track have one. Now that's not necessarily a reason to not buy those cars, just because everybody else True. has one. But I get your point. You're you're he wants something. He, he wants, wants distinctive, rare, though. Yeah, I I I feel like he wants to make it more distinctive yeah. and and yeah. kind of separate himself out because he does have the driving skills. He's got. You know he's had so many different things which I like because we could say oh you've had all European cars why don't you try something Japanese? Nope he had a lot of those so he's, he's kind of all really, over the map yeah,
1: big list of cars which yep. I like yep.
0: and he's got some cars here under 10k or over 10k I'm I'm less concerned about that because I am thinking that you're gonna sell the Supra. Get something I think for you need it. To. Yeah, I think and, Jonathan needs to. I totally and then agree. start looking looking around for some of these. Mm-hmm. And because they're mm-hmm. track cars, I've got four choices here for you, Jonathan, that okay. I think would be viable. You could start putting money into that. They could be ten grand, twelve, fifteen, and maybe if you got some super money, you'd have leftover for parts, tires, you know, that kind of thing. So okay. here Where you go. You? So first of all, is the E36 M3 that could be fantastic track car. Uh, mm. Yeah. Any Z3, so any year like a 2000 or 2001 BMW Z3, that was a fun car. Hmm. Okay. Even, uh, okay. I don't know, what about that uh, M version, the M Coupe or M, M version, that Z3? Are those still too expensive?
1: They exist somewhere in that world. But here's the thing, though. I think maybe I'm just making an excuse for myself, but I think if he really, based on how I'm reading this, he may have low to mid-20s to work with.
0: I, mean, I realize you're still staying under that. If mm-hmm. he sells
1: the super, I'm just kind of—I operated in that world, but but you're you're finding cool stuff below that. I have to say it. I'm
0: know. just trying to think. All right, well, if you're tracking it, yeah. I mean, just the track expenses yeah. because then you're going tires and fuel and parts yeah, but, and maintenance and all that jazz. Okay, too. keep
1: going, keep going.
0: Uh, Porsche 944. I couldn't let that go. I mean, that's
1: yeah. I figured I knew that'd be on your list somewhere. It's yep.
0: older. It's still balanced. We've talked about it ad nauseam, but it is different than all the Miatas and WRXs and everybody else. Well,
1: and I will say this. I was going to say this in a minute, but it, but it goes here really well. Jonathan's already prepared. He doesn't like it, but he's already prepared for something that's costing him between one and three grand a year in maintenance for a fun car. That's That's been the reality of the Supra. That's true. So if you're going to have a car that you're actually tracking and driving hard, and yet it's going to take that same amount of money per year, but you're actually driving it versus the Supra, which you're not driving, I consider that better than a wash.
0: You know, mm, I mean, mm, I, look, sure, I don't want to get that. you
1: in a car. I don't want to get you in a car that's costing you a bunch of money to keep it running. But at least if it's going to cost you one to three grand a year and you're driving it and enjoying it, you can at least see where your money went versus just your garage project car that you're putting parts on. Mm. I, I at least can see the use of that. Mm. So in that regard, I think the 944 is a great call. I hadn't, I hadn't put it on my list, but I, I think it's a great call.
0: Final two are the Porsche Boxster or an earlier Cayman because those are. Trackable all day long. I mean, the Boxster. Mm-hmm. Lots of people have been doing that. They're they're tricking the engines out. I mean, those early cars. Mm-hmm. They're inexpensive to get, and then you can do stuff to it. And you can really make those quick. There's so many parts yeah. available, and yeah. lots of stuff. I could see that happening. With well, those I early think the Boxsters. early
1: the first the first gen Caymans. That was the first one that came to mind when I read this yeah. list. I, yeah. I kept thinking, why isn't a first gen Cayman an early Cayman? They came out in o six o six o seven. If you really have low twenties to work with. Go get a Cayman. Now, you know, if you want to deal with the IMS thing, that'll cost you a couple of grand. But okay, if you want to deal with it right up front, go deal with it. I don't think it's a likely problem, but it does exist. So okay, get an early Cayman, put that money in, solve the IMS bearing, and then... Honestly, I don't think it will cost you that one to three grand a year to keep that thing driving hard on the probably track. Probably not. Boxster or Cayman. Yeah, probably it not. It will eventually, but I think in the short term, I don't think that's your yearly expense. I think that car's just gonna run and be fast and be fun. If you can get an S for your budget, I recommend an S. If you get a base one though, that would still be a great track car. I really
0: think so. So you had some other choices on your list too? I have two others I thought up. If
1: we really are dealing in the the low 20s range, uh, Jonathan, you actually brought up what about a 370Z. I think that is interesting. I don't love the 370Z for a daily driver car, but every time I've been in one on a track, I've thoroughly enjoyed it. So if you're actually talking track car, I feel like, okay, get yourself a 370Z and just run it and run it hard and that it's thing's gonna be great far more
0: reliable too just in terms of long-term beat-on kind of thing you're still gonna have to put yeah, maintenance it's mean, towards it it's still a car
1: yeah but great great I mean, engine in that it's it's Japanese, you know it's got you know? they they were one of the first ones to do that assisted uh, assisted six speed which you can turn on or off i forget what their term for it is where it flips uh, the throttle they were one of the first to introduce on, that uh, which is interesting downshift. especially in a just exactly kind of, especially in a track situation yeah. hopefully you can heal toe and you enjoy that but i will say if you're if you're not good at that or you want to you know start shaving tents off or whatever maybe that helps you and it, it is an on off feature so that's in the 370z and every time we've driven one on a track i've been like this is a great car but i just don't like it for daily as much and it is getting old but that means it also can be a deal so i think the 370s are worthwhile thought and then i have to say it how can i not say it you want a track focused car you want it to be rare. You've got to at least
0: look for a Lotus Elise. <laughs> now, the, I wasn't thinking that honestly, but it, it's a good choice. It is. I,
1: I will, but here's the thing. I'm going to say, look, the ones you want, the ones I want, they're thirty thirty five grand. That's out of your budget. However, you can find Elises for the low twenties. The problems with all of them are they are typically salvage title. Now, most of the time, it's salvage title because the entire back price half point, of the are. car. Yeah, at the entire tire back half of the car is one big clamshell piece, and most of the time when they get rear-ended, the insurance company goes, and we're finished, and they write it off because they can't get the back half of the car cheap. So that's the reason for a lot of the salvage. Yeah. I, I generally would say to you and anyone listening, do not buy a salvage title car. My only exception to that rule generally is if it's going to be your track car, I'm kind of say save your money. If that's what you're going to do, you're going to buy it to beat on it for a track car? If nothing if the frame hasn't been bent, if it's if none of those issues go on, if the trunk leaks or the seals aren't great. Sure. It's a track car, who cares? I would sure. never say buy a salvage title car in general, but if you're going to buy if you can find a Lotus Elise low 20s because it's been salvaged and you can figure out that the that the car is actually fairly sound, make that your track car. Spend that money. I would do it for that.
0: Yeah, that would be pretty interesting, and I, you're right. I should have seen that coming, but I didn't. From you, but, but it's a Toyota engine. You could probably wrench on it yourself, Jonathan. And mm-hmm. yeah, I, I like that because it's going to be different. The the thing that I like about it is that even though it is the Elise, and you know, it's it's uh, I won't say a typical choice from Todd, but it is. But it it's is. a good it choice is. because mm-hmm. nothing on his list is like that. Of cars he's owned, it's. Yeah, in it's his totally life. out of the box. It's nothing else from the closest from the thing to it is that MR2 you had.
1: It's the closest uh, yeah, thing to that's it, the and it's pretty still close thing. different than that.
0: And it's, it's still it's different than that. Even lighter and more nimble mm-hmm. and more everything that that. It's MR2 much more
1: be. raw than that than yeah. that MR2, and I think you would you would enjoy that if you could. Again, you're going to be in salvage title world. You're not going to be in a super clean one. Yeah. But for track car, that might be fine.
0: Good one. Good one. All right. Lots of choices there. Um, so uh, we've whittled that down to three cars only. <laughs>
1: um, yeah. You, you'll, now, you'll still have a three-car garage, but hopefully you'll have a three-car garage that you drive all of them and you drive them hard, which we would love. love. We, yeah. we would love that for sure. Yep. For
0: sure. All right. Moving on to number two. This is Don in Wyoming. You heard us uh, talk about that up front. And Don mm-hmm. writes in because he's looking for the juvenile behavior in a button-down tailored mm-hmm. suit and he's had the AMG's he just sold his 08 E63 which is a hammer that thing is just yeah yeah unbelievable and so here he's saying he he lives in Wyoming so it's all long straight and fast and he drives yep. 150 miles round trip to play golf on Thursdays and Sundays so he obviously needs a trunk for golf Maybe people. And you clearly
1: like your golf too, but anyway, I, mean, <laughs> I like really look, like I, golf. I drive
0: hundred. I drive
1: hundred and fifty miles round trip for the heck of it on a fun back road. You're driving hundred <laughs> and fifty no miles in a involved. straight line to play golf. <laughs> I'm. I. I. I don't. I honestly, Don. I don't relate, but I respect that you do that and you want a fa- fast car to do that run, bu- that bullet run. So let's figure that out.
0: I suspect Don is uh, becoming addicted to the dealer experience. And to answer your question, Mm -hmm. Don, Lexus has a similar experience. As a matter of fact, Lexus got all their ideas from Mercedes way back when they started the brand and continued it and built on it. They've got their own thing now. But they definitely, the dealer experience really was why people started buying Lexus cars. They didn't know anything about them. And Lexus just started doing amazing things at the dealer, really paying attention, really taking care of you. Mm -hmm. All the luxury car brands, they do well. But, of course, Mercedes and Lexus are definitely at the top of the heap. However, I'm, I'm thinking since you've had a Mercedes, I wanted to suggest, to, well, <laughs> two different cars. And I found out something that I actually uh, hadn't passed along to you yet. And okay. it's, uh, it's the car that I think you should take a long, hard look at, but I know you won't get. And it's, <laughs> it's the brand new Alfa Romeo Giulia mm. because mm-hmm. you live in Wyoming and you're talking about dealers. Although I did think about maybe it's if it's sold through Fiat dealers – It wouldn't be the dealer experience, but at least you have this unbelievable, unique, fast. Well, that's his.
1: That's his question. Is he's trying to figure out not only where is the dealer experience, but specifically where is the dealer? I mean, where is the Mercedes worked on? It's been seventy five miles away. You know, his town, wherever you are in Wyoming. He said he's got a GM dealer, and that's about it. So he's dealing with a seventy five to hundred mile trip to get the car serviced. Right. And but he wants. I mean, I'm looking at the stuff he's listed here. He's coming out of that E sixty three. He likes the M5, he likes the, the S7 or RS7. I mean, he's dealing oh, in that mid-size, almost full-size uh, four-door bullets. That's what you're dealing in, but you are hoping to get a used car. We applaud you for that. So you want to get a car that was very expensive and you want to keep it under 60 grand. That's an interesting scenario. Um, I, 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 like your, uh, I like your idea so far, keep going.
0: Well, the reason I brought that up is because I don't think you're gonna get it, even though you should really yeah. look hard at it. But I found out that there's only one engine offered in that alpha. It's only the 500 horsepower V6. That's it. It is what it is. There's no other engine configuration for that car. So uh, I,
1: they're gonna offer a lower one, aren't
0: they? Uh-uh. Not in the brochure. I I looked. It's only one engine. That's I what makes it so unique. You're wrong. <laughs> I, I, will, I will stand corrected, but for now, I could only find one engine offering on that car okay. on, on the brochure. Right. So that's why I think that's an interesting car. The big problem with it is there's no infrastructure for that car yet, and you live in Wyoming. So maybe if it goes through a Fiat dealer, and there might be a Fiat dealer. If, if there's a Mercedes dealer in town, there's probably a Fiat dealer. But again, that's another 75 miles away. And yeah. the dealer experience for that car isn't going to be what you're used to from Mercedes or anything on the luxury high end. So, yeah. okay, I get it. And that's why I say take a long, hard look at it. However, you've got the GM dealer here. And so I come back mm-hmm. to the the hot Cadillacs. Todd and I drove the ATS-V yeah. and the CTS-V on the track, came away blown away, and I'm, I'm wondering about the ATS or I, I like your used ideas, but I'm just wondering about that ATS because it's mm-hmm. so hot and it's so buttoned down. There are some drawbacks to it, which we'll mention. But I just you got to take a long, hard look at that because Cadillac is so impressive right now. They're Mercedes is great. They're unassailable, but you got to look at these mm-hmm. Cadillacs. I just well,
1: one of the questions really one of the questions like. he asked. I, I I agree with you. I mean, he actually brought up are the Cadillacs worth considering. I think coming out of an 08 Mercedes, yes, absolutely they are. You've asked about the CTS-V, which, of course, is a hammer. I mean, that's just a monster of a car. Um, here's my problem with the CTS-V. I think it's the size you're looking for, and I actually like the one that you could get for 60 grand. The problem is the new one is incredibly good. <laughs> and I think the new CTS sure. that we just drove, the new CTS V is so good that it sours the one you can get at sixty grand, probably more than is fair, because the new CTS V is it's kind of shockingly good to drive. Yeah. The problem is that CTS V, that new one, is a hundred thousand dollar car. And it's great, but there's that part of me going, I'm sorry this was how much now? Yep. So the CTSV is yep. a, in a weird animal, whereas the ATSV, you're right, new is in your is in pro- approximately your budget. Well, oh, yeah,
0: that's what I was thinking. Uh, ATS. I think it may
1: be a little. I think it may be a little small for what he wants based on the stuff he's asking for, but it can't be denied. I think it's worth driving for sure.
0: Yeah. Uh, other brands dealerships asking about Jaguar. Um, I won't say they're not reliable, but I just don't think we've had enough <laughs> uh, experience with them. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that was a nice nice way to kind of say they aren't reliable. Moving well, on. Sorry. I, yeah, go I on. wouldn't
0: say the new cars are. If you're interested in the new ones, be- Jaguar really had the resurgence with the XF. They sold a lot of those yeah. cars, and they still are. Yeah. And their brand is really waking up in terms of sales. So I can't imagine mm-hmm. that. And, and I haven't, to be honest, I haven't really read anything that is, don't buy the XF or don't buy the Jags. They're just not whatever they're not reliable well, or yeah, anything um, you it's, don't hear you don't hear the horror style. stories
1: like you do consistently with like a maserati you don't hear those kind oh of horror yeah stories. no no so um, I, I take that point I, I actually have a few that i think are interesting here for checking all these boxes okay at the 60 grand price point okay um sorry sorry if you have others i'm just uh my my brain is running here no i was just um, looking
0: at his list with the m5 yeah. the rs7 is the RS seven is not going to be sixty grand even used. Hate no. to tell you, you can Yeah, you can't touch um, that. You S7 could. You could
1: S8. do a, You could. You could do an S seven. You could probably yeah. do an S seven if you shop smart. And here's the thing: I think the S seven would be very fun. I think you would enjoy it. I think it would. It would be a nice, you know, step up to a slightly newer car from what you're used to. I do have to say, because it's an obvious comparo, If you're going to drive an S seven, look, I don't know where this dealer is for you, but look at used Panameras. You can get into one for sixty grand. You haven't owned anything yeah, like good. that. That's I good. think you at least need to go drive one. That may not be the right car for you. And let's be honest, it is the <clears throat> the styling is an acquired taste. Let me just put it that way. The <laughs> I was as delicate awesome. as my Jaguar comment. <laughs> yeah, seriously, exactly, but. But honestly, anybody you put in that car, like if you were taking buddies to go golfing or whatever, they would be impressed. It's an incredible car. It's great to drive. We're big fans. At sixty grand, you can get one. It's not going to be the hottest Panamera out there. It's just not. But I think you would enjoy driving it, and so I recommend driving one. The downside is you are doing a lot of straight-line blast stuff. The Panamera is awesome in the corners. You may not appreciate that as much as you could because of the kind of driving you're doing, but it's worth driving. I already said my CTSV comment. I'm surprised that the E90 M3 isn't on here. The 4-door M3. Because I think it's more dynamic than the M5, but what you're looking sure, for is a it could car be that's size, classy
0: though. It could yeah, be maybe, a size maybe. thing. That's probably you, why. You,
1: yeah, you're looking for a car that's classy but can still be a Hoon. And that M3 in that generation is kind of the king of that. And you could, abs- you could get a great one for 60 grand. You could get a great one for 45, 50 grand and then have a little bit of extra change. I mean, I think that's a worthwhile car to at least look at. And then I have two kind of wild cards, But keep going.
0: Really? No, I uh, I just <laughs> I thought I'd have to laugh because I'm, I'm rereading your email, Don. And it says, I want fast, good handling, but all my trips are long and straight interstate trips.
1: Uh, yeah. <laughs> huh? Well, you're t- he's in that regard. He's talking about a car. I, let's be honest. I know he's what talking you're asking, about a car that's, but... gonna, that's gonna settle and feel really great yes. at speed, like that GTS we had in, in Germany. Yes, but, but it's but not I just gonna had be to about carving I anything. I agree uh, with you. I you. thought that was fun. I and totally agree. And any of the totally ones agree. that we're
0: mentioning here, all of them will handle well. Some better than others, but any in this class, mm-hmm. they're gonna be really powerful, really fast. When you, I mean, even the V6 Panamera is gonna be plenty fast. I mean, these yeah, have a you, lot you would more still power, enjoy that.
1: I think, honestly, you're going to want at least at least a Panamera S. The question is, can you get a Panamera S for 60k? I think it is worth shopping, Don. Honestly, and looking to give it a, a serious look. Uh, it's kind of like your Julia recommendation, Paul. I don't know that it's a match, but it's absolutely worth the research and the chance to maybe drive one. I think both those should be considered. My yeah. two wild cards. Okay. They're wild cards because they do some of what you want, but not all of it. Yeah. I have to say it, the Chevy SS would do all of the hooning you want to do. It would do all of the long, you know, long-legged driving you want to do. However, and it even has, honestly, you talk about you want good dynamics, you want a good engine sound. It even does all of that. Unfortunately, it is staggeringly boring to look at compared to everything else we're talking
0: about. Yeah, yeah. I,
1: just, I don't know the interior that it's isn't worth it up considering to considering for
0: that. If he's coming out of I agree. an E63 AMG, that interior is going to be very disappointing. Uh, I just I hate I to say it, but it's just not yeah. Be I think to
1: I th- I think it's not going to be enough. I agree with that. I think it's not going to be enough. So that leads me to my last wild card, and I have to be honest, <laughs> Don. Honest, I, I feel like this is your car, but it's weird. I will acknowledge that it's a weird choice considering I what we have talked I, about.
0: Wonder if I know what you're going to say. Go ahead though. I wonder if I know.
1: Sixty grand, Hellcat Charger. Yeah. <laughs> because look, everything that car does well is stuff you like it has attitude with tons left over it has power you will never use all of but if you have you in the middle of wyoming and nobody around you want to put your foot to the floor and laugh trust me there is no laugh meter better than that that hellcat charger you could put golf clubs for you all your friends and a couple extra bodies in the trunk okay tons of space it's not an amazing interior it's not a mercedes interior for a current twenty sixteen car, but you're coming out of an o eight compared to an oh eight mercedes, I think it's a it's a competitive interior. It's not great. It's I'm not gonna suggest that it's great. I like that but
0: suggestion a lot. <laughs> I
1: think there is your laugh riot car, and I actually you don't say where your dodge dealer is because you probably haven't even thought about a dodge, but my guess is if you've got a GM dealer in your town, you may have a Dodge dealer in your town that probably. has attitude. It'll do everything you need it to do. I know it's a little bit of a left turn, but I think that Hellcat Charger is absolutely worth
0: a serious look. Hellcat. Built for Wyoming. Perfect. Hey, bring it. It bring is. It, yeah, it is. Um, although I do remember that Hellcat that you and I drove. The MSRP on that, as loaded, was 71000 It was a lot of money. However, yeah. you might be able to find one slightly used, or maybe you can... Maybe you'll laugh so much you won't care about that extra ten grand. You'll just be wiping tears of laughter from your eyes and be like, Okay, yeah, I have to have it. But I mean yeah, that's are, a great suggestion. Are,
1: yeah, go go look, Don, because that, that car and that's the other thing about it. What it offers at seventy grand is you're practically stealing it. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah, we're talking about you could funny. reach at 6 you could reach at 6065 and get into a Panamera that might feel fast enough for you. What versus the Hellcat <laughs> at 70 that's going to just it's going to send you back in time. It's yeah. shockingly fast.
0: So, you know, that's that's why <laughs> that's, I think it's got to be considered. That's pretty funny cuz I I giggled the whole time I drove that car. Well, you did too. We just laughed Absolutely. like idiots everywhere you drove and maybe that's the one. It's big and it does have yeah. the juvenile punk lurking Beneath.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And since you're not gonna be tracking it, it's gonna have plenty of stick to the road handling for the kind of driving you're doing. It is it is surprisingly good for the kind of driving you do. If you said, Hey, I take back roads in Wyoming and be like, Okay, whoa, not the charger. Not the charger. But for the kind of driving you're doing, bring it. That would be so much fun.
0: Don, it's a good thing there's another worldwide oil glut going on, and gas is super cheap. <laughs> I'm just saying, it's a good thing. Cause
1: <laughs> but I, look, I don't think, yes. I mean, look, the the, the 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 Hellcat Charger uses gas like there's a hole in it. I do agree with that. However, I don't think that that 08 E63 AMG was sipping gas either. I don't oh, think no. that that's Don's issue. So, yeah, yeah,
0: that that's the, you know, the what do I call it, the the, uh, Chevy of Germany? Although my German friends insisted it was Audi, but I maintain that AMG is sort of like the Chevy Hot Rods of Germany, and he's already experienced that, so he's probably used (laughs) to it.
1: Let's. I want to move on to this viewer question, but before we do that, I do want to say thank you to all of you that are listening. If you have not rated the podcast, please do so. It's really cool. We're growing really consistently, and as you guys rate, we're finding we're almost always in the top 10 of automotive. And if we're not in top 10, we're on, like, 12 or 13 i mean we're up there Just pretty with cool big names which is pretty cool. yeah and that is entirely you guys listening and sharing and rating we're getting a few ratings every week thank you guys for listening and taking that seriously we take it very seriously we love your comments and others are reading them too and it's helping them find the podcast i mean you can see that thing on itunes where it's was this review helpful that that's happening those people are commenting on that too so that's good, good. so yep. please keep rating and thank you for listening I do have to say that here because it's on my mind. But we should go on to this new thing we're doing with the podcast. A few of you have asked, hey, would you guys accept just Q&A questions? Put on Facebook, hey, we're just about to podcast. What are your questions? So we're doing that. Expect it every either Sunday or Monday. We'll put a little post on Facebook. Hey, we're about to podcast. Any questions you have? This is not your place for car debates unless it's a quick A versus B. But this is any questions (laughs) on your mind you want us to bring up. We're going to talk about them here at the end of the podcast. We have a viewer question tonight that I do want to cover. So thank you for writing in, Glenn. Glenn asked us specifically, we mentioned it early, he asked us about the M2. And his question is, okay, the M2 is now out, it's come out at the Detroit Auto Show, the MSRP is supposed to say 50, 51,000 and above. Mm -hmm. So his question is, okay, what do we think of that price point? Is that the right price? And where is it kind of in comparison to the M4? Great
0: question. I don't know what the M four is offhand. I should look it up here. Sixty five grand. Sixty five. Okay. Yep.
1: Well. Sixty five and then up.
0: <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Well, I'll tell you the joke first, Glenn. And the joke is, did you, did you get a good deal on the car? Well, did you buy the car? Then you didn't yeah. get a good deal. That's the joke. Exactly. That's. The However, start. you're right. Um, I will say that for a buyer like me, I've been swooning over the M2 for a long time, as you know now. You have been. And after driving the M235i and just swooning over this car, for a buyer like me, or a buyer pretty much whoever that car appeals to, it almost doesn't matter the price. It does, but but almost not. Because those people Mm -hmm. are going to save up and they're going to try to find a way to get themselves into that car no matter what it costs. Obviously, within reason, but for this reasonable price, Reasonable-ish, but yeah. think of the, think of if that M two were forty-five or forty, mm-hmm. you wouldn't think, ah, oh, I really, I really have to have that car. I think something about the price puts it as, at an aspirational level because of the performance Maybe. that you're getting. Yes, do we all all want to save money and get it for less? Well, of course. But then you're competing in a different category, and the M cars have to compete at an aspirational level above the normal BMWs. They mm. just
1: do. I I hadn't well, yeah, I hadn't thought about you thinking that fifty grand is is that kind of that tipping point. That's an interesting point. I'm not I mean, saying I it's think, reasonable.
0: It's expensive, yeah.
1: but for Agreed. that car, I, I think it. I think it's it's it ends up being exactly where it needs to be. I don't think this is a surprising price at all because here's no, the thing. No. You know that that M235 we had was like 42 or 3 if memory serves I'd have to go back and look but it was it was just over 40 if I right, remember. Right. So okay, where do you go from there? Well, you go up 5 to 6 grand and you wind up at oh look, we're at 50. I mean, so that happened. And then the other thing we're talking about it being $15 to $20,000 cheaper than the M4, which it has to be. It so has we've to ended be. up Kind of the only spot we can be. What I find interesting, though, is just on what we know right now, having driven the M4, having driven the M235, Sure, sure. I mean, I, please, Paul, just go buy this car already, because I'm actually kind of sick know. of you talking about it, and we haven't even driven it yet. I know. But here's the thing. it's It feels like the right size over the M4. Now, you are losing, you know, like 60 horsepower or whatever, but... I kind of don't care, to be honest. I mean, I don't feel like that extra fifteen dollars to $20,000 for the M4, for my for my money, for my thinking, makes any sense. Because my problem with the M4 is that car is astonishing on the road and on the track. It really is. It, yes. It's shocking. But it feels big.
0: It feels big. But think at that price point, now both both you and I are thinking used. We're thinking, yeah, M4 but not brand new because that's oh, a no. lot of yeah. money. Fair point, fair but point. But now yeah, we're, yeah. we're back down at this M2 price point and brand new mm-hmm. because they have to yeah. keep it under the M3, which is slightly more, and then the M4, and then all these other cars. Yeah. Believe me, those those people doing market research, research the heck out of what is the tipping point. It's gotta be aspirational yeah. enough to meet what the luxury brand is because you're getting more luxury. It's It's BMW, you're getting this M car, mm-hmm. this M build but still they can't encroach just like Porsche they can't encroach you know a fully loaded Cayman can't it still has to be under yeah. the base 911 same thing with the M cars. This fully tricked well, out, loaded, you, it's got to be just under the base M3. So what's yeah, the unless you spot? trick
1: it. But you, I'm, I have no doubt in my mind you could trick out your Cayman and make it cost more than your base 911 because this is Porsche, and that's how they do it. options. Sure, but I take your point. Sure, I, I'm the, sure Theoretically, could, but I do take your point. But, but the, the mystery that spot. I have. It is. Yeah, you're right. The mystery that I have about the M2, and I'm waiting to see here. We're talking 365 horsepower. I've got stats in front of me here. We're not stats guys, but here they are anyway. 365. 5 horsepower, 343 pound-feet of torque is what they're saying. But the other thing that they're saying that I'm confused about is a weight of about 3,500 pounds, okay. which, feels, which seems heavy to me because that's the weight of the M4. In my mind, this should be 100 to 200 pounds less weight than the M4. Now, of course, nobody's driven it yet. Nobody's yeah. really put it on the scales. This is all BMW info. But I, I'm hoping that, that there is a couple hundred pound savings on the sheer weight. I think it's the right size. I think the stats are fascinating. Um, I do actually really like the look of it. And you know, you're, you're dealing with the honestly, because the 1Ms have held onto their prices so well, you're almost talking about the same money. Mm-hmm. You're going to be within five to six grand probably between find yourself a 1M or find yourself a, 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 buy yourself an M2.
0: Well, you got me I'm thinking. Hoping,
1: I'm hoping that there won't be markup. I'm telling you, Paul, call somebody now.
0: <laughs> yeah. I'm looking for the weight of the M235i because it's, yes, that seems heavy, but all cars wear their weight differently. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. they'll respond mm-hmm. differently. And, you know, let's say the M235i is 3,500 pounds. There's no way it it's that much less, is there? True. Yeah, and a we good point. love oh, you're the right. dynamics of that car. So add power to that. I'm yeah. less worried I'm less concerned about the weight. Would I like yes, less? Yes, I would. However, that doesn't concern me that much. It it's yeah. the price point is where that comes in because gosh, everything about that car. I'm just I'm just floored by it. Huh. Yeah. All right. Interesting. All right. All right.
1: Well, I hope that was a little bit helpful, Glenn. That was our, our question that we wanted to respond to tonight. If you have a question for upcoming podcasts, you certainly can put that these for these quick Q&As. It will do at the end. You can put that on our Facebook page. Look for us to post to call that out. Also, of course, if you have a car debate, we are still reading those. They're coming in. Thank you. Everyday Driver TV at Gmail is where to send those. Please don't send them to Everyday Driver only. Everyday Driver TV, <laughs> TV at Gmail. Yep. Some of you are still writing to us and going, oops, I did that thing you said. Yes, we know what happens, so please don't uh and also find us of course on youtube be watching our stuff there we're still cranking out stuff and figuring out what happens for 2016 but we are still doing weekly content right now we have more fast blasts and big comparos coming up and yes pilgrimage and our other feature films are still out there yep. available on Vimeo. and of course yes paul you have a closet full of blu-rays I, I
0: do i was going to mention that before we let you go hey look we're approaching almost an hour here that's great uh pilgrimage if you have seen it Please leave us a review, whether you've ordered the Blu-ray oh, yeah. and got that mm-hmm. on Amazon. There's, uh, there's a lot of people who have commented, just like the 50 years and the 9-11. There's plenty of comments on there, so leave a comment there. Or Vimeo, if you've yep. rented that. Yep. If you're not in the U.S. and you've rented or downloaded that. By the way, if you download that, there is one extra that we have posted on yeah. uh, on the download for the Pilgrimage movie. But there's plenty more on that Blu-ray DVD. And as Todd said, I do Definitely. have a stack of them. I will send them out. Find that on Amazon and the rental or download. And, uh, guys, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. We will talk to you next week.